Hi everyone and welcome to Creativity Sucks, a podcast from Creative Review, which addresses the trends, challenges and joys of the advertising and design industries. I'm Eliza Williams, Creative Review's editor, and for this show, which is the last in our current series, we are going to discuss brand purpose, a topic that, depending on your point of view, has invigorated or plagued brands and marketing in recent years. Brand purpose has been on something of a journey lately. While it was initially most recognised in marketing campaigns where brands aim to demonstrate the good they do in the world, it is now becoming more embedded in brands with purpose impacting all aspects of businesses. So, with this deeper engagement in mind, for this podcast I'm asking, does every brand today need a purpose? To help answer this, I'm joined by three brilliant guests. They are Anouk Jans, Creative Director of Spring Studios Milan, Pete Miller, Co-Founder and Global Creative Director at Octopus Energy, and Clara Mulligan, Head of Design Europe at Anomaly. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi. Thanks. Hey. Thanks for having us. Brilliant. Thanks for joining. To kick us off, I'd just like to get a sense of your general understanding and opinion about brand purpose, which can be a a slightly slippery phrase. So how important is it? And is it a trend that's here to stay? Anouk, I'll come to you first. What do you think? Well, it's definitely not a trend. It's definitely here to stay. It is part of everything that we do. And I would not have been advertising if I would not believe in the purpose behind it. It is, though, a very difficult topic, I must say, because there are many brands who are putting profit over purpose, of course, especially during these times. And to be a fighter for change and a fighter for purpose is not an easy task, I must say. No, totally. And do you, I mean, are you feeling that in the conversations you have with clients all the time? Is it something that's discussed a lot? Absolutely. I mean, especially after my documentary last year, I've somewhat became this face for change and for putting purpose first. And I try this with every client to introduce myself and my team and to say, like, this is what we stand for. We would really like to help you rethink your structures. But it's not easy. Like asking for the why before everything else is for many clients very uncomfortable because they don't really know their why sometimes. They don't really know their purpose. And then sometimes I even have answers of um, we're not here for a strategy meeting. We just want this campaign to be beautiful and successful and just work. And then I need to be the one that speaks about the uncomfortable questions and it's like yeah I fully understand and we will do that for sure but let's go back to the why because it will make the work better and it will make our industry better and it will help your community way more than just creating something beautiful that maybe is forgotten soon after because there was just not a core purpose or a driving force behind it rather than just like selling something so it's every day re-challenging or challenging everybody and questioning things and rethinking things and going back to the why every single day. Mm, interesting. Just to say, in case anyone doesn't know about the documentary, it was um, it's called Kill Your Darlings. Is that right? Yes, exactly. It sort of saw you exploring uh, through lots of conversations with senior people across the ad industry globally, discussing, I guess, the state of the industry, but also what role it has in broader life. Would that, would that be a fair description? Absolutely. And I mean, purpose was one of the key points in the documentary. And I've been now here, the creative director in Milan for a little over a year. 
But after this year, I looked back and I was like, okay, I won pitches. I made work. I love the work that I do. We really made some internal changes that were really successful and wonderful to see, but it's still not enough. So it's for me, not only the purpose for the brand and the brand purpose, it's also the purpose regarding agencies and agency life. So I really said to myself, okay, now the second year starts, I see it as the first hundred days. I want to really establish a new culture that is purpose-driven only. And so we are also restarting our conversations with all our clients based on this and this following months. And it's not easy, but it's, it's going there and it's happening and it's great. Brilliant. Okay. I think you've set us up really well for this conversation. Uh, Clara, I'm going to come to you next. Does, does what Anouk says resonate with you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, I think, I think purpose is extremely, extremely important and figuring out the why and why a brand exists and why they make what they make and they do what they do and they speak in the way that they speak is extremely important. And, and brand purpose, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be about sustainability. It doesn't necessarily have to be about, uh, you know, doing good. It can, it also just is why does this brand exist? And it, I think in this day and age, I mean, enlightened marketers have known for a very long time that it can't just be about profits. You've got to stand for something. And whether it's political or social or cultural, um, you have to have a reason why you're making the product you're making and why um you know why why you exist exist in the world and again that can be that can be for a lot of different reasons that can be about making people's lives better that can be about um you know that that can be about social engagements that can be about innovation that can be about uh empowerment and self-expression it it can be the the i think the definition of purpose now compared to 5 years ago is in people's minds and in marketing, it's the definition's much, much broader. But, you know, consumers are way more sophisticated um, than they were five years ago, definitely 10 years ago. And so con consumers want to spend money with businesses and brands that are uh, making progress in, in some way, again, whether that's making people's lives better through product, whether it's, um, you know, like, like Patagonia, where it is on the forefront of, uh, climate change and social change. Um, and I think, I think, you know, if, if, if consumers feel like brands are only around to, to make profit, there's just there there's there's a high likelihood that that company probably won't exist for for much longer. So, it, in my head, I I don't think every brand has to be loud and proud about you know sustainability or environmental uh, purpose. While I do think it's important that every company has some sort of program um, that 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 that. Uh, you know, considers climate change and, and the environment. But I think it is really important that they have a reason why they exist and and why they um, have, you know, spent money in, in a product and why they're putting out in the world and what's the what's the point of that product and, and, and business. 
Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I suppose there's an element of sort of future facing stuff here because there definitely are brands that are focused on profits um, more than these things. And so I wonder if in some ways what you're saying there, Clara, is a, and Zanuk too, actually, is about a kind of a survival in the future more than maybe directly in the now. Um, but Pete, maybe we'll come to you because I think it'd be interesting to hear from someone who's, you know, been part of setting up a brand and is within a brand. I mean, are you very familiar with the this conversation and the points that Clara and Anouk are making? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a fascinating topic and it's, and it's really interesting. So, uh, you know, at, at Octopus Energy, I think most people would describe us as a kind of, as a purpose-driven brand. And we do all of our creative internally. We do all of our marketing and advertising and, you know, product and all that kind of stuff uh, in-house. And I really think that like purpose is something that really should be felt rather than kind of waved or, or, or talked about a lot. I feel like it makes an incredible difference to how your business actually performs. But it's not about, you know, kind of postering some kind of grand vision on a wall and, and pointing people at it. I think your brand still has to be super focused on what it is offering customers and, and super focused on where the value you're creating for customers kind of lies. And if you do have a purpose behind behind your brand, behind your business and for why you exist, I think customers will pick up on that and it will resonate. But I, I think it's very much this kind of kind of thing of it should be acted rather than than spoken about if that makes sense. It goes beyond selling products and selling services. It, it represents, you know, the, the whole story of why a brand exists and, and the personality in which that brand operates and the actions and behaviors in which, you know, it, it, and the values that it, that it kind of, kind of follows. And, and I agree with that. I think it's, it's, um it has to be, felt it needs to be almost a, a a shortcut in people's minds when they think about that brand and the, those brands that do that you know they have employee engagement they have emotional connection there's differentiation there they attract talent they have impact you know they're 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 um they're they're there's clearly brands that uh embrace that purpose and and have a very clear and meaningful and emotional reason to to, to connect with that brand are, are more impactful. It's also what you said in the beginning, Clara. I think there are so many different sides to it and also so many different ingredients of purpose. For example, for us, sometimes there are also just brands who want to have the ingredient of purpose when it comes to also their casting. And they really are really pushy when it comes to a diverse cast and giving the chance also to people who have not had a huge career yet. Or for us, I'm also pushing a lot of clients to look for photographers and directors who maybe have not the biggest portfolio yet, but to give these young talents also the chance to develop their skills even further and to build their portfolio together with them. So to also build this platform for young talent. So I think purpose comes in so many different sizes and shapes and forms. But it's just important, I think, to really understand that every brand has the big stage and should use it wisely. Like they are really affecting people's lives. And what we consume on Instagram is so much also in, inside our minds and is affecting our daily life and how we think and how we act. And I think this is something that we just need 
to be aware of when you work with brands and we also create advertising that people will see it. And it's something where I would say, pay attention to what you pay attention to. But for many, this is a really hard thing to do because there are so many things that you just, on a subtle level, you just um, inhale when you are in the world. And this, I think, why for me, also working with brands, it's so important to understand what are they putting out there and what is the, the hidden message also behind what we create. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, it's interesting, lots of interesting things have been said, actually, but I was thinking, Pete, when you were talking about the not showing it um, aspect, that in a way that brings to mind the sort of worst aspects of, of brand purpose, I think, I'm hoping are behind us, but maybe maybe you all have a view on this, but which, of course, are the are the sort of examples in the past where brands have done sort of, I guess, what would now be called purpose washing, where they've done uh, ad campaigns, uh, you know, there's ones like for Pepsi, for example, that will immediately come to mind, various other brands where they've done campaigns which have have tried to sort of be sort of uh, progressive and worthy in a way, but they don't really hold weight. Um, and that has often led to this uh, critical point of view that you sometimes hear about purpose, that it's that it's all brands just trying to look good when they're not really. Have we moved past that phase, Anouk? Do you think we, or are we still seeing work that is um, is a bit lazy like that? We still see it, sadly. We still see it. And I personally, I mean, having a big focus on fashion and the beauty advertising side of things, I see it also in casting a lot. Like coming back to casting and people want to place themselves as a diverse brand, but then they just do a casting where it's like, let's have one girl with a shaved hat and one Asian guy and one black talent and so on. And it just doesn't feel real to them and how, how they also give us the brief. And this is then when we try to push back and think about, okay, what are you actually standing for? Why is diversity important to you? What kind of diversity is important? So especially in diversity, the purpose washing was quite big and still is. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, Pete, I'll just come back to you. Can you talk a bit about setting up Octopus and how you said it was set up with purpose embedded from the start? Could you just talk a bit about how what those discussions were like and how that was established? Yeah, totally. So um, we started Octopus, what, seven years ago now, and uh, there was four of us on, on day one and three of us had actually kind of worked together in, a, in an agency style environment where we like built tech for big brands and and did a lot of kind of marketing and advertising campaigns and, and, and things like that. And I guess we'd all decided that we wanted to do something where we all had skin in the game and we could really drive change. And, you know, it, in a brave way, though, it wouldn't be like, you know, oh, you can always blame the client for not taking the, the bold, the bold choice. But, but when, <laughs> but when it's your when it's your decision to make, it, it, it puts a real a really different um, perspective on things, I guess. And so, um, yeah, we basically decided to set up a, an energy business because it was a market where a there was a, a real mistrust of what was of the existing incumbents, if you like. Um, you know, people would trust an energy supplier about as much as they trust the, I mean, probably less than they trust like a second hand car salesman or something like that. And yet it was such an important and is such an important industry in terms of where we're all going and, and the, the, the change we need to see. Um, and really ripe for technology and disruption as well. And that's something that we were kind of quite familiar with. So we just went about trying to set up a company that we'd all want to work for, I suppose. 
Um, and we didn't really expect it to blow up quite as much as it has. So, uh, you know, we're kind of second, second largest energy supplier in the UK now. Uh, nine, nine different countries, 5,000 employees. Um, so that, that's very cool. But every day we kind of have to come in and ask ourselves, you know, what's, what's next and how do we stay true to all the things that have got us so far? Because I think there's this temptation as you grow to build in process and to build in structure and to, to not feel comfortable, we've tried to set up a culture where people feel they can come in and be their authentic selves and, you know, get on with the job. And, I, you know, I think there's a temptation as you get bigger to go, well, actually, that's okay when you're little, it's not okay when you're big. And so a, a lot of our conversations are about how do you ensure the culture's right, ensure people do feel like they can come in and bring their authentic selves and do feel like they have the power to get on and do the job they need to do to help, you know, move things forward i can so much relate to this and even when we're, you're still small because here in milan we're 30 people even then it's so hard to stay on track so even when we know the things also internally that we want to push for and the change we want to drive to keep it and to be consistent for me it's just like working out it's hard to actually keep also the discipline and keep everybody focused also on the goal and the why that we mentioned in the beginning same for our clients because then weeks pass by you're just one time switching your focus on something else that is also important and suddenly you see that you a few things have just not been focused as much that were so important for the purpose that you were going for and that you wanted to push for so i can 100 relate to that like really always understanding are we still on the right track for us even here in milan it's also very very hard but also a good challenge every day Yeah, I think one thing that we found is that we have a weekly touch in with like the, our senior management team. Every Monday morning, first thing we do is sit down and we go, we spend an hour where we all just say, what happened last week? What's, how's the world changed? What do we need to do differently this week? And, and I think that that thing of, it gives a real cadence to what you're doing and it helps us to all kind of get on the same page and bring in, you know, It's, there's never enough time to go through everything, right? So you've got to be super focused on what you're bringing to the table and, and how we need to change the business. And it's, it's interesting that that's kind of something that's stuck with us from being tiny to now being perhaps not so tiny. Wonderful. But I think this really comes also down to people. Like I've seen it also in the last years. So you really need to find these people who enjoy also to push for change and to, to be this kind of person because purpose washing, I also see it in people. They would like to stand for change. They would like to stand for something. And they're like, oh, yes, of course, sustainability and, and diversity and all of this. But when it really comes to integrating this in their work, it's sometimes also just laziness because it just takes, as you say, an hour every Monday at least to really think of where the world is. And some just want to get their work done, go home, you know, lay on the couch and be done with it and just get their paycheck and to, again, push for something bigger than yourself and for a big vision and a bigger purpose. It's it's not the easy road. It's it's the harder one. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I think it's, it's really interesting um, hearing Pete, you talking about that because the way you work, because it feels very uncorporate really, and especially for a business operating in the sector that you do and I'm, I'm sort of interested I can see how that is more possible when you have been there from the start and you've established a kind of culture that has that I'm wondering what you advise to to brands and clients who you know maybe have an older brand a more heritage brand or have have, have sort of habits that are are not as in keeping with the sort of modern uh 
means. Um, so Clara, maybe, I mean, how, how do you help steer brands into, into operating in this way and, and communicating differently? I mean, collaboration is absolutely key. We at Anomaly, we're very, very specific about who we work with um, because we believe that change is created through deep and long-term relationships. It's it's and to be able to operate in this way, you're exactly right. Like we need you need to have the right people in the building who have uh, a, a drive and an understanding of a purpose beyond you know the 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 brief that's on the table at Anomaly. Like our whole operation, I mean the whole business is is based on having a purpose. We, we can't do what we do without a clear understanding of that purpose, not only internally, but also on, on the client side, because, you know, we're, we're a value-based organization with a very clear mission to be recognized as a change agent for clients to help them navigate tumultuous, you know, I mean, every week there's something crazy happening either socially or culturally or politically and brands need to be nimble and and super flexible to be able to thrive in constantly changing times. So our Anomaly's whole mission and business is structured around being that for clients. So that attracts, that attracts talent that enjoys that, that, that is entrepreneurial, that thrives in a meritocracy. And we also only work with clients that have that kind of unreasonable ambition. They, they understand what, what, what they need to do to grow and to thrive and willing to be very honest about challenges and obstacles, as well as Uh, potential. And because of the way Anomaly is set up and our relationship with our clients, we're always starting from a strategic place, the why beyond the why, the and really getting to kind of the reason the brand exists if they don't have that articulated for them. Um, And then and then creating a process that allows that collaboration and kind of conceptual conversations to take place. So another thing we do at Anomaly is, you know, we, we kind of always joke, we're, we, our process is no process. And, and that's because we rally around business challenges. We rally around, you know, the, the, the heart of what we're trying to do and the purpose of not only the brief, but also what the client is trying to do in a, in a longer term kind of context. And we build a bespoke process to, to be able to handle that and again collaborate internally and with the client in the right ways so you know we're we're kind of always putting the why at the core and our relationship with Johnny Walker for example you know heritage brand uh, has been around for 200 years kind of the ultimate like founder led brand in a lot of ways um but through design communication, but, but, you know, a clear purpose around progress, which really hasn't changed in 200 years, 
we were able to re- revitalize this brand through design and behaviors and comms and comm strategy. And, you know, I think that's a good example of purpose always being a part of that brand, even, even 200 years ago. And while that hasn't changed, the brand has taken over quite a lot of, um, you know, ways that they, ex- uh, way ex- that they express, but their, their core and their kind of North Star has always been the same. I always love this about Anomaly so much that it actually is rooted also in the name itself. It was one of the main inspirations when I was founding my agency back in the days so and my collective. And I actually looked at the Anomaly website back then. I remember, I mean, this is years and years back. I was like, okay, this is how you do it. This is amazing. I really loved it. And I think for me, it was also a big challenge to come to Spring because Spring was not set up like this in the very beginning. I mean, it was always a hub for creativity and big campaigns and beautiful campaigns, but not for this kind of purpose-driven change. So clients did not come to the agency for that. But then, of course, the years have um, passed by and now we have different teams in the different cities. But it was not easy to also talk to our clients who have been with the agency for many, many years and introduce them to the new team members, to the new mindset, to the new setup and also to invite all the team members to internally to be part of the change. This has not been easy because I think there I'm more on the other side where you have a little bit of an old school thinking and you need to shift it and it takes time. And one year just doesn't do it if you're not set up from this or for it from scratch. If you need to build it into a culture that is already there and you need to rethink this culture together and you bring everybody on board, this is a different journey that for me was also completely new because when I was setting up my own agency back then, I didn't have that. I had the luxury of designing it through into what I wanted. So more than you, Pete, I was looking at it and was like, how do I want this to look and feel like and what should we build what kind of community do i wish to be part of and now coming back into the agency model it's very different i think there's there's something in there about just authenticity isn't there you know if you're if you're a 200 year old brand that has always you know stood for progress you've got a a a fantastic foundation to kind of work with if you're a 200 year old brand and you're not all about progress, you know, maybe, I don't know, you're a financial institution or something like that. Then I think you have to look kind of deep within yourself and go, well, obviously we've existed for 200 years. There's something that we bring in terms of value to the world. How do we make sure we express that in a way that's compelling and can still move things forward? You know, I think I think it's about that. Yes, there's a really important element of authenticity in there. Well said. And I think it's also the beauty part of it because, um, again, coming back to Clara, to what you said, that it has so many different um, forms. For me, it was also a, a path of understanding that also creating something very beautiful for the world is also a purpose. Because this is something I, the, the, the conversation I had with my father when I just stepped into fashion, where he thought that, that fashion did not really have depth where it does not really bring an added value in a sense of all this is expensive luxury that we're talking about. For him, fashion was just something functional that you dress. And of course, there's a beauty side to it, but he didn't really have a connection. He came more from art and literature and all of that. So really understanding that also just creating something very beautiful that makes surroundings maybe more calm or more beautiful in the sense of people feeling really at ease in those spaces or just feeling great in what they wear, even there is a deep purpose in that. And finding that purpose and expressing that purpose also in just really good production. 
there's also a purpose in just making really great productions where everything works smoothly, where everybody feels seen and understood in the sense of bringing to the table their point of view and all of these different things. That's what I said in the beginning. Like there are so many details to it and so many small ingredients that people sometimes forget that also those are moments of change and moments that are important. So I'm trying to point these out, bring them together on the table and then figure out how we now integrate them in a bigger sense into our day-to-day job. Exactly. I mean, I just think, I think purpose and product just have to be intrinsically linked. You know, they, they, they are, they're, they're, to your point, Pete, there's always a reason why it's about finding it and then communicating it both authentically as well as, you know, beautifully and in a, in a way that in, engages people and, it's it, it becomes something that's more than about transactions. It's it's something that lasts, you know, a bit longer and and harder to put your finger on. And I think that's the, I think I think we have a responsibility as as creatives. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about, you know, internal employees and and teams being driven and motivated. You know, I think I think purpose, both on the on the you know brand side as well as the agency side, it it it, it has such a power to engage employees and empower employees and empower the people making these communications and branding and design and and imagery and all that all of that to really feel like. You know, and and that's where that emotional engagement with consumers will also come from is that, that development and that drive and that that beauty that comes out of really believing in something. Exactly. I always say like money keeps the light on in our agency, but purpose actually keeps the people on. So for us, this is also so important, but it's exactly the word that you just mentioned, responsibility. And this is, I don't know how you guys experience this, but I have the feeling, especially after the pandemic, I've seen a lot of small agencies from friends of mine or freelancers who had a purpose for their business and their ideas. And now it's getting so difficult for them to even get work that keeps the light on that they sometimes need to put their purpose aside and just take the job, no matter if it's what they believe in or not. And this is something that for me is really upsetting and makes me really sad that I see so many small agencies who just need to do the pitch, even though it's maybe connected to certain values that they don't want to stand for because they just need the money or photographers who are starting to shoot campaigns or for brands that they would not like to collaborate because it's just not the same mindset, but they now need to say yes, because I've heard it in the last six months, especially how many photographers and stylists and friends of mine in the advertising industry as well have suffered. And they said it felt even weird that on, in January, it was like a hard stop. Suddenly the requests were, were less and now it feels like the, the big ones win because they already have a good foundation and the small ones, they're struggling even more than before, especially looking now at, at the, the wars that we're facing and the difficulty and the society and everything is not new. But still, it, I think it's, it's, it's tough for everyone out there to, to keep being purpose-driven and to not forget where they come from and what values they want to stand for. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think it's a really important point to make that there's is where do where do compromises come in, and how do you manage that process? I mean, Pete, have, 
I'm, you know, the energy sector, as you said at the start, is, you know, reputationally is in a terrible place at the moment. Have you had moments of struggle where you felt you might have to make compromises from your original vision or have, or have you managed to keep that front and centre throughout? Yeah, you know, I think we've had to be super pragmatic, um, not just just in the energy crisis, but right the way throughout. You know, I think we've always had this, uh, you know, kind of view of the world that we are a business, right? If we don't look after the sales and the margins, we, we won't exist to make any kind of change in the world, let alone a positive one. We've got to be really pragmatic that we have a sustainable business model and having a sustainable business model is the vehicle through which we can create change. Um, and so, you know, we've seen um, so many energy suppliers have obviously had unsustainable uh, models and have kind of, you know, felt fallen afoul of the market over the last couple of years. But we we have a constant kind of process of like trying to reassess, you know, and, and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger over time, trying to make the right judgment calls of, you know, what is a fair and honest and transparent price for energy today, you know, and in a crisis, how do we, how do we create support for customers and get, get us through? But I think, I don't think, see that so much as uh, compromising on purpose, but actually delivering on purpose is all about execution and really getting into the nuts and bolts of those decisions, I think, is, is how you deliver on purpose. So, yeah. It makes total sense. And I, I'm, I'm figuring this stuff out, especially this balance as well here. I have a concrete example from, from agency life that for me, productions are, of course, what we live on and we need the productions, especially as creatives, we need to see our work come to life. And my biggest dream would be to have most of our productions be to a certain point sustainable. It is so unbelievable hard to execute that because, of course, this comes with a different budget you need a little bit more here a little bit more there and most clients just say i'm sorry but this is not our our key point and then you look on the long run and you think like but how are we then doing it if if 80 percent of our clients do not want to invest anything on top of the budget that we calculated to make it more sustainable the productions and we can't lower our margins even more because as you said pete like we're also a business we need to survive somehow to to Put the change um, forward in, in the in the long run, but how do we do it? Do we do it? And this is a question that has been in my mind for the last years. To actually, is it possible to do these sustainable productions? And in Germany, they're a bit more ahead than here in Italy. They have a certificate that some of the production agencies they need to have to actually show their clients that they're looking out for the sustainable factors. But here in Italy, we're still far behind. We're not even yet discussing the topic as we should. I think it's interesting. I'm just conscious of time. And there's one other sort of area of this that I'd quite like to bring up, which is, I guess, around activism, which I don't know whether you would all see this as being part of purpose, but it definitely seems to get folded into that. Um, and I suppose what I mean by that is brands kind of taking on positions around sort of social causes i mean an example recently was uh, the guardian uh did a campaign to say about how they would no longer be um running ads for gambling brands which has uh, been a big issue that's sort of bubbled under in the uk around gambling advertising but uh they took a kind of stance on that and were i think broadly applauded for doing that um there's obviously pride we've just been, you know had pride month um, lots of brands do work in in around pride. Is this something that you see as 
being a good thing that brands should be doing? Um, does it seem part of purpose or could this come into the, the purpose washing bracket? Uh, Clara, what do you think? I mean, again, I think it comes back to execution, you know, greenwashing and cause washing. I, I think that will most likely always be a part of communications, which is just kind of <laughs> bad advertising, <laughs> I guess. Um, it all comes down to authenticity. I mean, brands can speak in those places, but it has to come from a place that's genuine. And again, consumers are extremely savvy, especially younger generations. They can they can see and feel through the bullshit. And, you know, it, it's got to be that that uh that more emotional belief that a company is doing good authentically. So if brands show up in spaces that doesn't feel authentic, it's going to be much more detrimental than, um, you know, than, than, than it would be if they didn't show up at all. So I think it's, it's super important that brands are always, when they are standing for things, they're always doing it in a way that feels that's genuine and, and authentic, not only for the brand's health, but also for their consumers, for their target audiences, for the communities that they are a part of. Um, it's, it's extremely important that, um, that, you know, if, if brands are outwardly standing for things that it makes sense and is aligned with their values and also, again, is done authentically. It's what Pete said in the beginning as well, right? I mean, it does need to be loud. It needs to be lived. And sometimes if it's loud, it's also great because people should hear about these things and should be aware. But in a sense, if it's not on a continuously level lived by the company, then I think it's tricky. Then it's difficult. We had a really great example once regarding Women's Day where we proposed a great idea to a client and they said, oh, we love it. We think it's amazing. But to be honest, we don't want to do it because we internally are not there yet. We, are, we just do not want to do a Women's Day campaign just because it works. We want to first set the grounds internally. I think this was the most amazing statement I ever received from a brand. Exactly. I mean, being part of the conversation isn't enough, right? You can't just be there. You've got to be contributing in a positive way. And the only way to do that is through authenticity. I think we got this uh, a little bit wrong when we did, when the whole Black Lives Matter thing um, happened because, you know, I, we've always seen ourselves as, you know, a disruptor and, and, you know, fairly progressive business. And we, you know, we go out of our way to try and recruit and ensure we've got a really diverse workforce. And so when it's, you know, when brands started turning avatars black and, you know, doing all that kind of thing, I, I kind of didn't want to jump on the bandwagon and be tokenistic about it. And so we didn't acknowledge it um, initially. And then we had, um, you know, kind of, we're talking about it as we do every Friday, the whole company gets together, we just talk, talk about what's happened during the week. And, you know, we realized it wasn't, it wasn't so much about putting a statement out there into the world and saying, you know, here's something we believe in, you know, whatever else is going on. It was, it was, we found out it was just really important to our, to our team, that they were seen and heard and represented. And so we ended up um, creating a not-for-profit within our own business that 
helps ensure we are unbiased when we're hiring, that we're advertising in all kinds of um, less expected places so that people from all kinds of backgrounds can find and, and, and apply for jobs. Um, and that we have um, internship policies that really help um, people from all kinds of backgrounds get into energy and technology and, and all that kind of kind of stuff. And so I think initially we came from this kind of position of we shouldn't get involved in this. Let's not be tokenistic as a brand about it. But actually we came around to to realizing it's 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 really fundamental, even though we are, you know, a kind of modern business. It's really fundamental that we act on stuff and, and we get it right for our people um, more so than, you know, kind of communicating it just as a brand. I love that. I think it's also the responsibility as leaders in the end. And again, I really do believe that purpose also has so many small, tiny, tiny, tiny steps attached to it. For example, when I always talk about sustainable production and then the production team, of course, looks at me as like, but how should we now do it if nobody wants to invest there? And then I'm thinking, okay, then I need to be a leader somehow and figured out this teeny tiny thing that I can do is every birthday of my team gets celebrated with a tree that I plant. To achieve freedom, for example. So every time we celebrate a birthday, I plant a tree. And now this has become a thing for my family, for friends, for everybody. So I'm trying to also look at myself first. I'm like, okay, if I want the brands out there to have the purpose and to push for change, then I need to start with myself as well. And this is, it's, it's again, not easy. I said that several times, but it's something where every day and every week we look at ourselves and think, okay, how can we be better? And then inspire also the brands that come to us to be better themselves. And if it starts with a tree and ends up hopefully next year in sustainable production, amazing. If it takes a few years more, hopefully it just happens in the, in the future. Yeah, completely. I think the, the small steps thing is really important to say because I think sometimes it can feel overwhelming both for, for you know customers, for audiences, for and obviously for everyone trying to make this work that to uh, achieve things uh, when you want big change and it's actually, it takes so many small steps. I think just to finish, I feel like I know what your answer to this is going to be, but I'm I'm kind of interested to sort of do a little bit of future gazing and whether you think that brands that are sort of, um, you know, not addressing any of these things, which of which I think there are many out there, do you think that it's crucial really for brands to actually be thinking this way and that audiences are truly going to be turned off? Because I know this is something that people say to to explain why this investment is there. But do you, do you feel like in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time, we'll be looking back at a kind of graveyard of brands that that haven't started thinking in these ways? Um, Clara, I'll come to you first. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I get into this space where I'm like, if you don't know why you exist or don't have a reason for existing or being, like what 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 are you talking about and what, what are you doing and how are you innovating? And, and so, and it, it might be just the context of anomaly. Cause we are very lucky to, we, we pretty much only work with, with, you know, companies that are at an inflection point and are very, very focused on purpose, which, you know, as, as we are as well. Um, I think it's absolutely important and it will be interesting in, in a few years time to look back um, and, and, and see if, if there is a graveyard of brands, but I, I, I think it, it, it's very hard to continue to grow and stay strong and to thrive in, in, in changing times without the, the kind of steadiness of a purpose. And it does take 
a long time, but I do believe that every brand does have it because if you wouldn't have a product if you didn't have a reason for making that and um, and you wouldn't be profitable without um, people you know buying it and engaged with it. So I, I think it's really important to if you don't have it yet, figure out what it is because it exists. It's just about getting to it and then communicating it in a way that's engaging and authentic. Totally. Anouk, would you agree? Absolutely. I, I do hope that also people will send brands to the graveyard when they don't have somewhat of this kind of purpose, because I do hope that we all become even more attentive. And yes, the small things matter. The small steps matter 100%. And we need to acknowledge them. If not, we will never end up somewhere. But in general, I do think that every brand should have their ideas and their values straight and also their purpose. And then hopefully people will watch out even more how they buy, what they buy, who they support, why they support them. And that will definitely change the industry for the better. Yeah, audience power is really important, isn't it? Um, Pete, let's finish with you. I'm guessing you're seeing that audience power in action as, as Octopus is doing so well. But does it feel that way? Yeah, look, I think I think purpose is is super important. And I think you know, as we've said, if you if you don't know why you exist and why you're here, it's hard to imagine that you're still going to be here in five years, ten years. So, you know, I, I think ultimately, also, you know, it's worth thinking about the long term view. And like, if you're going to have customers in a hundred years or two hundred years, like Johnny Walker, we were talking about earlier, well, we need to have a sustainable planet that we can all live on. And, you know, we need to be a sustainable society that um, progresses people and, and, and lets them live their best lives. So ultimately, I think having, having a real purpose and, and trying to drive things forward is how you ensure you have longevity and that you will exist uh, a, few, a few hundred years down the line. Well, very good. I think that's the perfect way to end. So we'll leave it there. Um, Thanks a huge amount to Anouk, Clara and Pete for joining me on this episode and sharing your insights. I thought it was a really interesting conversation on what can be quite a a complicated topic. And thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, As I said at the start, this is the last episode in this series, but you can listen back to all of the previous episodes in the last series and this one via all the places you get your podcasts. And if you enjoy the shows, please like and share because it does really help. Thank you very much for listening.